Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode of The Instance is powered by you and your contributions on our support site. Go to theinstance.net and click. You'll be happy you did. <laughs> The World of Warcraft podcast, so you don't have to. This is the instance. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the instance, episode 577. It is October 18th, 2019. It's a Friday. I'm Scott Johnson, joined by Patrick Beja, who's back in France. Hello, Patrick. Hey, you know, I'm so glad that it's just you and me on mm. the show because you know how when you talk for like 10 minutes nonstop and mm-hmm. then Garrett tries to say something mm-hmm. and I have to interrupt him yeah. to speak, talk more? Yeah. That is so annoying. So I'm very glad that <laughs> I won't have to do that uh, today. Yeah, Garrett is yeah. traveling today. He's out. Um, sound From the sound of it, actually, it sounds kind of rough, like he's got to fix a lot of car tires and stuff because... Uh, I guess his struts blew out or something weird happened on a road trip and he had to wait around for some Toyota parts or something. And oh, I don't know all sucks. the details, but it doesn't sound like fun at all. And uh, we wish him the best on his uh, his road trip for his wife's work, which is what he's doing. Mm. Um, but he's not here this week. We uh, we, of course, had a, a show last week where we we delved pretty deep into our feelings in the aftermath of the uh, the blizzard F up. Um, and all of that stuff that was going on with the Hearthstone uh, competitor being banned and now and now just being six-month banned and getting his winnings back. Uh, that's all happened since we did that episode. It feels like a, mu- a month and a half ago, but it really was just a little less than a week. In fact, it was a week, a week and a few hours ago, uh, or ahead of us now. I guess it was about 5.30 my time that we got that, uh, we got that message. <laughs> it was a week. I think it's fine. You it's can fine. Say a week. I can probably say a week. But here's, the, here's a, the first question I want to get out of here before we get to just kind of, you know, let's catch up with where we are now, is Patrick, uh, you used to have a job at Blizzard in the European offices, and it was in the PR department of Blizzard. Yep. Is putting a statement out on a Friday evening after work hours an attempt to bury the story or at least somewhat bury the story so that it's not picked up by too many people who are already off work and aren't going to be covering it? Or or is that just a lot of skeptical people who want to find everything wrong with this situation and that's just one more thing? I don't know. I mean, I can't say for sure, but you usually do that when everything's fine and you have... See, China's controls our internet. <laughs> Patrick's frozen. The... Oh my god! Oh, you're back. I'm back. You're I'm back. back. Sorry. Okay. No, you're good. Um, yeah, I, I was saying. Um, usually, you do that. The you know taking out the trash, which is what people call putting out the statement on Fridays mm-hmm. uh, after the web, which was wonderful. Yeah. Um, you do that when you have something bad to announce, but everything is fine. Uh, otherwise, 
Right. So you bury the bad news. When everything's on fire, I don't think you want to bury the thing that you perceive as being at least trying to fix it. So I don't quite buy that aspect of it. Um, I also, you know, it's the kind of thing where you know how things work and everyone else who doesn't is making assumptions and people saying, oh, they're burying their heads in the sand and it's taking them three days to put out the statement. And it's like, you can't just go out and type something, you know, type on your computer and put it out on the internet. It, you know, things you have to make sure what is said is appropriate. Well, you know, it, it takes a long time and three days for a giant corporate response that is going to affect stock price and sentiment across the entire company and the community. I wouldn't expect it to take less than two or three days. Yeah. So that's... That's one thing. That was kind of my take um, as well in terms of the time because um, when, when people started saying, oh, this is clearly, this is what everyone does in all of journalism or in all, sorry, in all of PR statements, uh, especially when they're, they're sensitive ones, you always put it out on a Friday after, after hours so that mm -hmm. it gets less overall coverage. And I, and I understand that and I totally get it as a tactic, but also I felt like Blizzard – I could see Blizzard just taking that much time to figure out what the frick they were going to say. Yeah. And just I think they they knew they needed to respond before the end of the week. Yeah. And did it at the last possible time before the end of the week. But I mean, it's it's possible they wanted to bury it a little bit to not reignite the entire thing, but I I'm not sure that's the case. That yeah. being said, I also have a lot to say about the form and substance. Well, let's let's get to that because since the um since the event or since it happened, uh, there was, you know, all sorts of talk and Blizzard went very quiet about it um, and didn't really say anything until Friday. So now we have this. So combining that with your initial thoughts with what happened, since we didn't get your take on it last week, I would love to know kind of your overall gist at mm. the moment. Um, you know what? I'm not even going to go into the initial thing. I talked about it for like 50 minutes on my French gaming show for 45 minutes yesterday on Pixels. Mm -hmm. So it's if you want the long version, go there. I'm not happy about it. Mm -hmm. uh, is the short way of putting it. Yeah. If if we want to talk about the statement itself, um, I think the form and the first part are not very well crafted. Mm. Um, I, I think they are being corporate at a time when they needed sincerity. Mm -hmm. and honesty and I, i'm surprised that they didn't do that and as i said i know a little bit how these things work and i i can tell you people have been working 24 hours a day to try and get it right at the office um so you know i don't want to cast a i don't know be dismissive of the 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 efforts they put into it but i don't think it is a good statement to address the sentiment in the community they were never going to convince everyone but i think the first part appealing to the company values in that corporate form um and saying things that sound like they uh come out of a robot uh, uh you know a bot aimed uh, designed to talk as a company mm -hmm. i don't think was great uh the the worst part is when Brack says China had no influence on our decision. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm paraphrasing a little bit there, but... It was pretty short like that. Is, it was like, uh, 
Uh, in fact, I'll read it right here. He says, "Yeah, just just read the the that quote." Yeah, because that part of the quote is pretty explicit. He says. Um, oh, I got to find it. Let's see. China. Wait, I, I can find it. I have it. I as found well. it. it says the specific um, view expressed by Blitzchung was not a factor in the decision we made. I want to be clear. Our relationships in China had no influence on our decision. I do not buy that at all. That's the thing. Um, it is incredibly, you know, maybe what he meant to say was uh, Xi Jinping didn't pick up the phone and call me and say, do something about this, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But the f in China and the, the swiftness and the severity of the response make it impossible to believe that it didn't have at least something to do. So if what he wanted to say was... China doesn't decide how we apply things. They, they should have explained this a little bit more mm -hmm. because it's very hard to believe with this, just this uh, throwaway phrase almost. And the throwaway so phrase made it, it, the way it was delivered, it was like, okay, so we're putting that part to bed. Okay, now moving on. Like we've, we've now, we've taken care of the China bit. So, so now we can just focus yeah. on what we say the reasons are. And I think that was very dismissive and short-sighted and weird. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it, the problem is, it feels very clear. I'm trying not to speak in definitives because we don't know anything that's happening. Right. But the interpretation of uh, that we can have is it's very clear that the initial decision was at least uh, uh, to an extent made in that way to assuage the ire of China. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's not the case, but it seems very unlikely as we look, we're looking at it from the outside. So him just saying... You know, to us, it's obvious it has. To. And him just saying it has nothing to do with China mm -hmm. doesn't really convince us. Yeah. If, if you want to convince us, you have to go a little bit deeper and explain or seem a little bit more sincere. I don't know. But that didn't cut it. Yeah. Um, that being said, and let's not talk about this for another half an hour. No, again, we don't. We definitely don't need to. Yeah, for sure. Um, the The. Irony of all of this is that I think there was an opportunity to, as I said, not convince everyone, but at least to give a little bit of hope for some uh, of the people reading this. Because ultimately, the penalty that's being applied to Blitzchung, some people will think there should be no penalty for speaking about free speech issues. And some people will say, I think in the reasonable camp on both sides, some people will say, it's appropriate to have some penalty for to avoid uh, uh, esports tournaments turning into political circus. So right. I don't know where you fall on that divide, but I think both are reasonable. But to convince the people uh, that think it's okay to have some penalty, I think if they had focused a little bit more on this, maybe be a little bit more apologetic. Uh, I'm not even going to touch on the uh, Weibo message that was essentially yeah. you know, bowing down to the power of China and that aspect of it. But that's most the, the, everybody's the biggest problem, right? That, that's the biggest. My biggest issue is there's a real disconnect between the two messages, and not just the Weibo post, but just like well, it seems like America's talking a different tone than the British or than the, the British than the Blizzard people in China, and I don't know why that is. If 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 I'm to believe his statement, I don't know why that would be. Yeah. I, you know, my suspicion about the original thing is that maybe it was people in the um, China or Asia office that made decisions 
consulting the people they should have consulted. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that's the case, but maybe, maybe not. I have no idea. But uh, the Weibo message certainly sounds like that is a little bit of zeal on people who are, you know, I can't imagine that the people responsible for posting that message sent it for approval to Brack. And Brack said, "Yeah, okay, post this." Yeah, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Doesn't but, seem uh, I could be anyway. wrong too, but common sense tells me you're right about that. And and, and clearly, the, but, the the feeling on the ground in, in Irvine is very different than than anything else. I mean, none of them are pushing for this, you know, and I don't know about Brack. I don't know about the upper echelon, but I know that everybody else, from VP on down, they all seem a little like a little blasted by this like whoa what what are we doing over there what happened i don't know i don't know we don't know this you know the image we have of what's happening in the blizzard offices is 30 people going out on a protest uh, around the 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 statue and it might be that everyone in the company is upset i suspect many of them are yeah. but we don't know they might be you know the heads of this might be very close to activision and thinking yeah that's what we need to sail through to get that uh, uh, China money for our shareholders. Maybe they're all very upset and they're trying to salvage the situation and thinking, how can we reconcile this with the the importance of... We we don't know that. Yeah, we don't. Um, but certainly I would take issue with someone interpreting 20 people going out um, on a protest around the statue as meaning the entirety of Blizzard is upset about this. Right, um, right. Anyway, the, so what I wanted to say, going back to the ex- specific issue, I think I, for a number of reasons, I think they're, they're trying to do the best they can, upsetting China, which would be the other option. But look, think of it this way. Look at it six months down the line. <coughs> Sorry. You're the current uh, mm, punishment the harshest punishment they now impose, it seems, is that six months penalty. Right. Uh, they, by the way, uh, applied it to the collegial Hearthstone team uh, that protested it. The the that they the same thing. Right. So they are at least consistent. Right. In their quashing of uh, defense of uh, human rights. Right. But <laughs> right, because they have. I, I mean, one like of my this, biggest hangups, and I said it last week. I just this is a good time to insert this is that one of my chief problems again is that we don't have, we can't go, okay, well, this is just consistent with the rest of the history of them enforcing their tournament rules because it hasn't been. There have been other cases, dudes here in the States who made, I don't know, sexist or semi-racist remarks or whatever, getting busted for doing that on, on live streams, part of events. And then a big, long drawn out process and they didn't get applied the punishment immediately the way it happened this way. Like, there's definitely a disparity there. I wish there wasn't, but if well, there, if there I wasn't, mean, I'd go, oh, well, this is just them sticking to the rules like they always stick to the rules. But it didn't feel there's like There's a disparity, certainly, in the delay, but there were a number of uh, esports, you know, Overwatch uh, esports players who were suspended and then banned for making racist or homophobic comments, stuff like that. There were. Um, they just didn't seem to be as swift with the hammer no, that's all i mean no i mean certainly the, the again we get back to the impression that this was influenced by china is so obvious right you know? right um but look at it six months down the road as i was saying we're gonna have if he chooses to uh blitz chong 
initially said he doesn't know if he's going to come back to uh, Hearthstone when the penalty was all of the money and six months uh, uh, and one year suspension. Now that he got back his money and the penalty is, uh, the suspension is down to six months, uh, he said he's thankful that he's going to get his money. Uh, I guess he needed to pay the rent. And, um, and he hasn't said whether or not he's going to come back to Hearthstone. But if he does, essentially, this is Blizzard saying, protest China, mm. you'll be out for six months, but you'll be back. Mm. And he'll be back, and the topic will be coming again. He is the guy who made that uh, uh, very strong anti-China uh, uh, appeal. And he's still playing Hearthstone and being accepted as a Hearthstone player six months after that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I think or I hope that this was part of the plan for uh, Blizzard. Mm. And, you know, when five years ago we were in the middle of the Gamergate uh, uh, debacle and... I, maybe uh, I've told what this story. What a beautiful time. What lo lovely memories I have. <laughs> anyway, go right? ahead. Yeah. I hated it. Um, and uh, maybe I've, te I've told this story before, but I'll, I'll say it again because it's relevant here. Uh, a few weeks before that, a couple of months, I had resigned from Blizzard. I was going to leave the company a few weeks before. And I thought about this and I sent an email to Moheim, a direct email. And I said, you know, it would be really, well, I was maybe a little bit less informal. Mm. Uh, I said, Mr. Moheim, hello. Uh, <laughs> hope you're doing okay. I, I expressed the feeling that it would be great to address this somehow, a little bit, you know, subtly. Mm -hmm. um, and he came back to me uh, very kindly and said, I understand you might feel that way, but we'd rather let our games do the talking. Mm -hmm. And so I, think, I figured, okay, you know, it's a fair uh, assessment. No one else is speaking out about this. And I wouldn't expect him to or to put the company in that position. Right. And in the end, at BlizzCon, a few months later, uh, a couple of months later, he ended up in the opening address saying words about this. Not directly, you know, he didn't call out Gamergate. He said, there's a lot of negativity. We wish we could be uh, uh, kinder to one another. And that doesn't have a place in um, gaming. Essentially, he condemned the Gamergate movement, which seems like a pretty obvious thing to do, but... No one was doing. It was so toxic, was so difficult. Really weird, no yeah. one was taking the risk to alienate that part of gamers for go back and check that out. I mean, it seems obvious now, but it wasn't then. That Here's what's end, great, end, by the way. Here's what's great. That, Patrick was sitting next to me during this announcement that he's talking about. This is great. So you're sitting over here on my on my right, and I'm here, and then next to me is I don't even know who, just whatever's. And Patrick went from the cool, collected, chilled out. French professional I knew him to be to a born again at a country church in the middle of Kentucky just stood up going yeah like I've never seen you so excited as you were that day so well, nice job it was you know it was an, an emotional moment because it was something I it, I was hoping that someone in the game industry would talk about this in that way and I don't remember that any big company uh did this and he did yeah. and it's not just Moheim some people have the you know uh, a tendency of idealizing Moheim now and maybe you know Brack is not as good like in the Christian sense of the word I don't know mm. uh, you put religion in my head now but it was <laughs> it was a, a 
Moheim had it, his faults as well, but it was a moment where I was hoping that against the financial interests, even if it was not as big as now with China, the financial interests of the company, they would take a small risk. Right. And they did. And after that, they announced Overwatch with a giant emphasis on equality, representation. And, you know, Overwatch, I think, is a beacon in that sense in the gaming industry for um, standing up for something through action in your games. And they also have exemplified this in their other games. You will very rarely find a woman uh, who's objectified in their games with, you know, light clothing or bikinis and stuff like that so yeah they've done they, they, anyway. some of that in the early days got better as time went on i mean succubus aside they've they've been pretty great about that and you know strong strong women representation soldier 76 is gay we're all gay now he says uh <laughs> you know there's there was a definitely an effort to do that and it did seem to be sort of in the wake of all of that and that was really Great to see. Like, it did feel like, oh, all right, well, this is Blizzard's way of doing it. This is their way of, of pushing through yeah. this mess. And and you would hope that that would have carried. And not, not that this is the same, because so it's not the same, right? This isn't exactly, these aren't apples and apples, these two situations, but still. No, I mean, it's, a, it's less risky, although you know how things go in the gaming world and in the U.S. with how polarized you are. But it is a little bit less risky, obviously, than to... Uh, try and and take on China, which I wouldn't really expect them to do, but I would hope that they would do something, you know, a nod, a gesture, something. Um, maybe at BlizzCon, there's a, an Overwatch team uh, from Hong Kong that uh, crowdfunded their appearance at BlizzCon for the Overwatch World Cup. Maybe it's as simple as mentioning that they're there and that they're happy that the Hong Kong people are there. You know, I don't know. I have no idea. But I will say, however, mm. um, I do believe that they need to do something about this issue to say something more because this statement didn't cut it. And they need to do something more, say something more, either before or in the opening ceremony at BlizzCon. And I know what's going in the heads of the people, of the PR people right now. Mm -hmm. they, you never want to revive or touch on an issue that is that difficult. Right. But I guarantee you, if they talk about it in the opening ceremony or whatever, a little bit before, it will be a topic of conversation for everyone for the first half day. Yeah, it will and be. And that's unavoidable. It's unavoidable. If, if I they agree. don't, right. if they don't talk about it, it will be the topic for, of conversation for everyone for the entire convention. Yeah, 100% um, agree. So, uh, that, that was going to be my big question. Do you think, mm. do you think Jay Allen Brack himself needs to, has to, or otherwise will do address this from the stage when he does his little keynote? Do you think it comes up? And if it doesn't, I mean, I, I think we know what happens if he doesn't. But if he, oh, let's say if he does, would it, does it matter? Is it enough? Like, there are going to be protests there. People Depends are going to protest says. there. Like, I guess it does depend on what he says. Yeah, it does. I mean, he is, maybe they, you know, thank the people for protesting and help them in their protests. You know, maybe they, they make areas for them to protest and bring them food and, and, uh, support and maybe talk about it on, on during the, the live streaming a couple of times. I don't know, but he needs. 
I don't know that he will during the conference because think of it as a from a communication standpoint. You don't want you don't want the opening of your community celebration and the games that you're going to introduce to the world. We'll talk about those in a little bit, but mm -hmm. to be about oh China and Hong Kong all of a sudden. You want that to be about your games. So it's a very difficult circle to square. But I don't know how you can how you can fix this without actually addressing it during the, the con. Even the day before, I don't know if that, yeah. that's enough. They just can't um, they just can't not they can't pretend like it's not there's nothing there. They just can't ignore it. Yes. I can't imagine. If they don't say anything about it, it's it's I will be stunned. And on top of that, if they say something during the opening ceremony, and if people, that's just my opinion, and you know, I've been a PR person for five years. There are people who have been PR people for 30 who are working at Blizzard and who probably know this better than I do. But being connected to the sentiment of the community now, um, and the people who are at BlizzCon are the core of the community. They're not the general public. I feel that if they don't say something, then every Q&A every you know stage you're going to have maybe someone who jumps on stage and runs around with you know naked with a free hong kong flag around them right. um every every stage presentation that can be a, a possibility every q a you will have multiple questions about this and they can't cancel the q a's so i don't see how they if they address it at the opening ceremony then they can say every time the question is asked you know, we talked about it at the opening ceremony. Refer to that if you, you know, have questions. Right. They're going to um, have, and they're going to, this is the other thing I know is going to happen, and I and I dread it, because having been somebody who hosted a Q&A, I dreaded it then, and there weren't even the controversies yet. I was more dreading, like, Diablo flack at that WoW Q&A. Yeah. But the reason I was dreading it is the people that were in line had, had to have their questions submitted first. They weren't censored. They just said, here's my question, and it's about... When is Nagrand going to be a thing again? You know, whatever the questions were. And then they were submitted. Yeah, but you know what and then they were approved. With the Diablo dude. Exactly. They get approved, and then the guy gets to the mic, and then he does something totally different. Guaranteed that will happen this year, multiple times in multiple QAs. And it's going to be freaking fugly, dude. It's not going to be. I think that's why, you know, I think they have to address, again, they have to address this candidly, maybe even during the opening ceremony. And maybe they say, you know, we, we know you're going to have lots of questions about this. Um, and how do you put this front and center in the opening ceremony? I don't know, because it's not what you want to be talking about. But maybe they have to. And they say, we know that you're going to go to the Q&As and ask about this. So this is what we have to say about it. If you want to ask during the Q&As, feel free to do so. But this is what we have to say about it. And you'll probably get the same answer after, you know, to your question. Right. Um, and and but you have to say something. I don't. So to answer your original question, will it be addressed by Brack during the or someone during the opening ceremony? I don't know, but I don't see how not doing it would be a good idea. Right. I agree. Okay. So I have an, I have the answer. This is going to solve everyone's problems. Righty, Patrick. For mm -hmm. this is brilliant. Here you go. I'm, I'm, call, I'm calling my own thing brilliant before I even tell you what it is. All right. Here's what it is. Uh, this whole thing broke last week. The reason it was uh, such silence from Blizzard because they were busy down in the um, the studio room where all the uh, well, all the animatic people work, all the animation people work, and they're like, "Hey guys, we just finished the Sour Fang thing. I know everyone's real tired, but here's what we need to do. 
We need to make a full-blown cinematic, the kind that blows everybody's mind. And we're going to have it start with a CGI J. Allen Brack on a microphone, getting up and going, hey, BlizzCon, what a year it's been for this or that or whatever, all the things he normally does. And then May comes out of nowhere wearing all her free Hong Kong gear. And then she does that trolly shitty thing she does in the game with the ice that shoots out of the ground. And it goes right underneath uh, Brack, goes boring and knocks him out of the way. And then she comes in and says, whatever she does, and she solves everything. And then Blizzard, that's the opening of BlizzCon. Um, wait, 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 wait. What? Your <laughs> solution? You didn't lay out a solution. You just says you just said May solves everything. May, you have to explain how she solves everything. Just putting ice Otherwise everywhere, freezing shit. Uh, she makes you so cold that you can't move and then pops you in the head with a little how ice thing. How does that thing. help? Well, I'm just saying. It's just oh, a, right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Brilliant, Scott. That's amazing. I mean, I guess, okay, here's a real question then. How, how self-effacing can they be, actually, in the face of this? And by that, I don't mean disrespecting the, the topic of human rights in Hong Kong, but I mean how, how self-effacing can they be about making fun, making fun of themselves about how they reacted to this? Do you think they can get away with any of that? Mm, too soon. Too, too soon. soon. Okay. I think they can make fun of Diablo Immortal. Uh, and maybe they should, but they can't make fun of this. <laughs> okay. They, they have to fix it first right. and make it better for everyone. And then maybe in five years, they can say, you know, hey, remember that time when we squashed uh, anti-Chinese protests and ignited the world? Yeah. That, that was not clever. Yeah. Maybe then they can. But yeah. Maybe then, not now. All right. Well, I think it would be good for us to talk about the actual predictions that we might have for blizzcon and they can include how they get around this or include this or whatever but i think the actual structural what are we getting out of this year's blizzcon and all the major announcements how we think that's going to go and let's start with um and we got warcraft stuff later guys there's not a ton this week because they're blizzcon pre blizzcon nothing's going on that's i mean normally nothing's going on the only thing going on right now is controversy but uh, and, and, and Halloween events. I should say that that's, that's happening with their games, but, uh, Diablo four seems like a shoe in for it. Uh, all signs of rumors and leaks point to an actual announcement, some sort of tangible demo to play on the floor. Um, sizable discussion about what the game is, what you'll do in it. Maybe even a hint as to how, you know, roughly how far off it might be. Uh, you agree with that? You think this is the year? Finally? I think you will finally be right, Scott. <laughs> okay, so for five years At I've last. said this is the year, but finally, yeah. the one year, by the way, and the one year I'm not going, this will be the year that they actually <laughs> announce it. It's fantastic. I will say, last year, all of us said that was the year of Diablo 4. Yeah. All, everyone in the world. Well, and, and all, so there are yeah, hints so. to say that we were we were probably right up until about a week or two weeks before the con when they sh decided not to show anything. So it's impossible. Again, entirely we don't know. We don't know, but, but we've heard some stuff from pretty reliable okay. sources that they were this close, and then somebody said, eh, mm. I don't know if we're ready to do that. Let's, let's push the mobile, and they, and they changed it. So I'm just saying we were kind of right the whole time is what I mean. <laughs> Fair but, enough. But this is the year I think that that happens. What do you want out of Diablo 4 and does a stellar showing of whatever Diablo 4 is, does it make a dent in the controversy? Does it make gamers go, ooh, 
shiny. I can ignore politics now and play video game. Like, what do you think there? I think the two are entirely independent. Mm. Uh, they can't fix the China thing with shiny games. They could fix the Diablo Immortal thing with shiny games. Yeah. The China thing, they can't. So whether or not they address it slash fix it uh, doesn't really have any anything to do with the games they're going to show. If they show awesome games as we expect, I think we'll, we, some of us might struggle, but we'll be super happy and excited about the exciting games. I know that I will be. Um, but the China thing can only be fixed by addressing. And some people in the chat room are asking, but how do they do it? And I don't know if I did, I, I would tell you. Um, but I think it has to be, it, it can't be, you know, giving China the finger. It can be a nod or, you know, a, I don't know. Anyway, we're talking about Diablo 4. Um, what if they what made, what if they made uh, Diablo or one of the prime evils look suspiciously like <laughs> Xi Jinping? Xi Jinping. <laughs> Just saying, what if that happens? That's a way to get them. Get them underneath the thing. Or they'll ban it like they did Winnie the Pooh. We can't do that. Mm -hmm. All right, never mind. That's a bad um, idea. Bad idea. So, I mean, I hope we've made our feelings about China clear. Let's try not to talk about it too much now because it's it's obvious it's around all around us. So we know it's there, but it's going to, you know, take the entire discussion about everything hostage if we... You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the phrase, the elephant in the room, except in this case, the elephant is the room. We've all crawled in in the colon and we're trying to ignore that, that <laughs> we're inside the guts of a giant elephant. That's how it feels right now. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, Diablo 4, I think, uh, here, here's what I do think. I'm not 100% sure it's going to be called 4. I think it might just no. be called, like, Diablo Eternal, or I guess Doom's doing that, so maybe that's bad, but whatever. Some kind of, like, platformy name, and the game is uh, as a service, for lack of a better term, I kind of hate that term, but uh, a game that is meant to go on in perpetuity is what they are going to announce, and that they will have all sorts of ways to ensure that. Um, I have no predictions as to... A pay model, but I do think that they are wary now, given Immortals' reception and just generally the the climate right now about uh, that's out there about free to play and loot boxes and this sort of stuff. I do think that that has some bearing on their design decisions as to how they want to monetize it. It may well just be a straight up pay for it, play it until we have a next expansion sort of thing. More of a wow thing without yeah. a without a monthly. It's possible. I'm just saying it's possible. I I guarantee you that's not they're not going to talk about it now. Now they're only going to they're going to talk about all the good things and give you no well they have to say it's not going to be loot boxes. They'll they'll mention it's not loot boxes during, you know, the secondary panel about Diablo. We have some good names in the chat room. Uh Lauro Man says Diablo forever. Yeah. Um <laughs> Mitsaluna says Diablo finally. I love finally. I like. Finally should be the name. That's good. Um, no, I think they're they're going to show you how cool it is, and they'll mention at some point no loot boxes. But yeah. um, I think an annual pass type thing is almost a given. Um, they're going to give you maybe you know annual pass meaning battle passes four, five, six times a, a a year. I think it's very likely, or some continuous monetization. Uh, so free out of the method. gate, though, possibly just like here's a free to play game, and then here's here's oh, our battle I don't, pass. I don't think so. I think it's going to Blizzard will make you pay for everything mm -hmm. and they know that you will. Mm -hmm. They yeah, so I mean, I don't know, except for a game like Hearthstone, which by the way, someone um in my Slack 
mentioned what if they get rid of loot boxes in Hearthstone. That would be an interesting Well, loot thing. boxes in Hearthstone are literally card packs in Hearthstone, so yeah, getting rid of getting maybe, rid of loot is like saying you know, it's not a CCG anymore. It's a freaking deck builder. And no, there are ways. There are ways. I mean, look at the the way Riot is doing it. It's it's ex- an extensive rethink of how it's monetized, but it can absolutely work. Uh, and for the record, again, I don't have as big a problem with loot boxes as many people do. I think anyway, without going into that, but you want to show the world that your company is not evil and because loot boxes have such a bad rap, if you get rid of loot boxes in Hearthstone, I think it will be a huge positive for their image. That is the kind of thing you can do to um, I agree to, with to that. polish your, your image. I agree. And, what, and, and what's can, nice about that, it can make them look like heroes. I mean, not to be skeptical about this or, or cynical about it, but it can make them look a little bit like heroes by doing that but it's also an adherence to a general move by the industry in general. Like this is kind of happening of course, anyway. Yeah. So it, you were the writing was sort of on the wall, and you can capitalize on that. Like if I was in a PR position there, I would, I would push for that sort of stuff. Um, you know, just yeah. to, just to imagine start a BlizzCon. Yeah, imagine a BlizzCon where they announce no more randomness in Hearthstone. So again, it's it's an extensive rewrite of the business model, but it's possible, and I think they'll still make a significant amount of money um announcing that announcing diablo 4 announcing another game announcing a wow expansion that gets people excited um that goes a long way and the no more randomized loot boxes in hearthstone gives them gives the ammo to to people who want to defend Blizzard yeah. to do so legitimately. I mean, I don't know. This is pure speculation. It's unlikely that it's going to happen. I just wanted to mention. Yeah, you know, I think it's worth mentioning. Um, um, one quick thing I want to say about but Diablo. The, the, the Diablo model. Um, it does feel like an important thing for them to, to at least address a little bit. It can't just be, here's the new Diablo, but we're not going to tell you at all how you pay for it or that these classes might be behind a paywall or whatever the structure is. They have well, to kind of I mean, tell us some of that, right? The, the game is going to be, uh, I'm sure they're going to say beta next year. So they still have a year from at least from the beta. Yeah. Um, and then they're going to say what you get with what you pay for in when you buy the box. Right. Um, and that's going to be X number of classes. What, kind of game it is is it like third person or um you know they're going to detail the, the the mechanics and the features of the game they don't have to get into um how you monetize down the line remember we didn't they were very cagey about overwatch monetization mm-hmm. when they first announced. that's true we and didn't even really know about it. i don't think i even knew about loot boxes till yeah. later but then again loot boxes were new and they hadn't screwed us yet and we didn't hate them yet and so it seemed like they had yeah. an easier transition for that. But here's the thing. Again, um, I don't, you know, just for the record, I have almost everything on Overwatch. I have never paid for a single loot box. Yeah, you're because you're, you're a true gamer. You're a real gamer. Maybe. Not like all these scrubs um, everywhere. But here's the thing with Diablo. If they followed the Elder Scrolls Online model, I'm not saying to the T, but kind of something like that, which is buy the game, that costs money. Play the game, doesn't cost you anything, but... There are some benefits if you want to pay for a subscription to that game or, in this case, some sort of other, you know, battle pass type thing. Those have their benefits. And so 
that'll be a way for people to, to for them to monetize during the run of the game until the next expansion or big content drop happens. And when that happens, you buy that also at a you know $39 price, whatever it is. And then you kind of continue the process. And all the while, there's also a store back there that does all kinds of cosmetics. I think that seems reasonable. Um, I use ESO as, as the example, but I think another good example would be like, uh, a clo- maybe an even closer example would be like Path of Exile. That's roughly what they do. And that thing's a Diablo game. <laughs> so th- I, I think there <laughs> Destiny are... Destiny 2 does this more right. or less as well. Right, Destiny. There's a good example. Destiny is exactly the same model. I'm just playing a lot of ESO at the moment, so I'm... It's it keeps reminding me of it, but um, it, it's a it's a way to the casuals to play, the slightly less casuals to spend a little money, and the real hardcores to spend even more. And still, you got to buy the thing when it comes out because they put out a pack every time they do that or whatever. Yeah, I think there's. I mean, a, there's ultimately, we're there. talking about business models because, of course, it's important. But my main hope is that the game is going to be awesome. Yeah, uh, that's the hundred <laughs> percent the main thing. Who cares about that other stuff? Like, yeah. No one I mean, we do care to an extent, but I think the the the, the main focus at this BlizzCon is going to be what is this freaking game? Mm-hmm. What are they are they making a super dark thing as they have hinted at, um, almost Dark Souls influenced? I would like it not to be Diablo three again. You know, I'd like them to take a little bit of risk with no overhead view, uh, the isometric thing, maybe you have an option at least to go in and, and do the third person thing or I don't know, but Diablo three is still an incredibly good game. It really it's is still an awesome game. I love it. So if, if we want that, we have it. Yeah. Um, but well, I mean, you know, I would have really liked that second expansion that they apparently canceled those bastards. Like I would have done that in a heartbeat. That was so short sighted. Oh my gosh. I would be playing that right now. Mm. I mean, I think we're probably playing a lot of what it would have been anyway. Like, we got a new class. There was some new content added that felt like, oh, these greater rifts and some of this stuff feels like expansion material. I think a lot of what would have been the second expansion to Diablo 3 ended up trickling to us in some way or another. But still pisses me off, you jerks. Anyway, Diablo 4, there's that. Overwatch 2. Uh I expect something similar, and I also expect something, when I say similar, I mean to the Diablo announcement in uh, the pricing model stuff, but I expect the or Overwatch 2 to be so much more than just a competitive multiplayer shooter. I expect it to have that. I mean, it's not going to be that at all. Well, it can't. I mean, it can't just be that. There's no way it can just be that. It has no, to it be. can't be that. Overwatch, as it stands now, is the competitive shooter version of that. Right. They're not going to update that. You know, they're not going to make another competitive. If there is an Overwatch 2, I'm... Are you skeptical on that one? Because that's that's pretty leaky. That one's pretty leaky that's happening this year. Yeah, I I mean, I'm I'm guessing it will be, there will be something announced uh, along those veins, but I'm not certain. Diablo 4, I'm certain. Mm. Um, That's fair point. But if it is announced, uh, it will be a PvE thing, game as a service maybe, but I would be shocked if it if it essentially made uh, rendered Overwatch "quote unquote" one uh, obsolete, because there are, they have so much riding on the esports aspect of it, and it's so established now, I would be surprised. What if Overwatch two though? Actually, I think you make a really good point. I hadn't considered that because in my head I thought, okay, well, Overwatch two will be 
competitive shooter, but also all this PVE elements and all of this sort of uh, maybe Destiny style co-op sort of stuff, uh, MMO light sort of things, loot based stuff, better, you know, better grenade launcher for junk rats, never a bad thing, that sort of thing. But now that you say that, there really is so much invested in what Overwatch is as a as an esport, as a competitive scene. Like, can they really just uproot that and say, oh, everyone upgrade to the next I game? Because so. that didn't really work I mean, that well for StarCraft II. I mean, maybe over time it did, but for a long time there, people were yeah, like, Yeah, no. and StarCraft II came out like, you know, 15 years <laughs> right. after StarCraft One. Right, so, <laughs> right. That's a but, different... but even then, that's my point. Even then, with all that distance, people were, res- they were hesitant to switch. They were like, eh, yeah. our competitive scene is still Brood War. See you later. Yeah. And uh, so imagine I mean, how it'll be in three years or four years or whatever it's been. So yeah. It's very possible uh, Overwatch will be influenced by whatever, you know, Overwatch uh, uh, Rebellion is. Um, I like it. I, like I don't it. think it's going to be called Overwatch 2. I think it's going to be, I don't know, Underwatch, Under- Strike Team. Underwatch. <laughs> <laughs> something can it only happen um, in caves it'd all be like subterranean combat that sort of thing in underwatch <laughs> oh man um but maybe maybe it can it can influence overwatch <laughs> and they will integrate some of the interesting things and systems from you know they could overhaul overwatch possibly um because it certainly has been slower for a few uh months mm. and years yeah. but um but yeah i think overwatch is here to stay all right and good. overwatch 2 will be different good point uh obviously key to this show uh, a wow expansion seems to be uh pretty much a guarantee this year since they didn't do it at gamescom one would expect this is when we'll hear about that uh specifics hard to say but now that we know that sylvanas flew off into next expansion land um what do you think we're going to get there? Like now we're back to old gods and tentacles and giant eyeballs. So are we just, are we heading, <laughs> we're heading to I old god anus? No and, idea. Okay. I don't either. Honestly, I, this is the most unknown of the year to me, for me. It's it's yeah. almost like all I mean, other they things. Seeded, yeah. They seeded the void gods, void lords uh, at the end of last expansion. And mm-hmm. I was pretty convinced that would be the theme of the this expansion. But they're t- taking a longer view and making it a little bit more. Um, I don't know. It's a clever way of doing it. But it means I, I have no idea. I don't um, either. I, I just can, don't know. I can't rack my brain around. Like, I know we've seen a few leaked things. Some of that stuff was was said to be fake. And then... So I don't, I, there's a bunch of fake so things So another in my question head. then, yeah. what would you like to see? What would um, you like to see? Boy, what would I like than... to see? That is such a great question. I mean, feature-wise, I don't know. But overall theme, like thematic thrust of the thing. Jeez, oh, I don't know. Okay, I'll make it even easier. Um, new things... We don't know, and we could imagine a million things that wouldn't make sense. What <laughs> if they go back to the well of something that has existed before? What would you like them to explore again? Uh, probably Lich King business. Go, go get Bolvar. <laughs> that's everyone's. That's answer. everyone's thing. But go kick Bolvar yeah. out of his seat and fight him, and then kill him, and then now I don't know. Sylvanas maybe takes whatever some some kind of new. Uh-oh, we should have been paying attention to Northrend because now some shit's going mm. down. And for me, that that's 
interesting. Um, it can't just be Wrath of the Lich Queen. Like, I need it to be more than that. I'm, I need more motivation than that for the story and that sort of stuff. But I do like that idea. I think that's intrinsic to War Warcraft. Some of its best storytelling happens there. Mm -hmm. So if they were going to return to something in the way that they did with... Um, you know, Legion was kind of a return to BC in sort of a interesting new way. Yeah, um, I, I don't have a problem yeah, with that, and I love Legion, so you know, more of that. I I really would. That's what I imagine as well. You know, the, yeah. the and they have so many characters now. What they did with Legion was so incredible, and Illidan be bringing him back in such a legitimate way, and that legendary "I am my scars" cinematic and and quote. Um, so good. At the same at the same time, going back to the Lich King as much as I want it, it's like, do they always keep going back to the well? Like every expansion, um, I'm, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, people complain about that. They did well. They did with Legion and until Legion happened, and then they loved Legion. So I do think it's possible to revisit and and then one up it and do better. Um. I also so here's the thing that's been coloring my my desires lately in MMOs. I want nobody was thrilled with the story arc this year or this expansion. There were parts of it that were pretty rad, but most of that was in the telling, not necessarily the story itself. And um I've been playing ESO and I just had this quest. It was a small quest line too, where uh you know the lizard people, what are they called? And Doran and whatever they are. In in the Skyrim slash Elder Scrolls universe, there are these lizard. You can be a lizard guy, right? Lizard person. Anyway, the in, ones from are they from elsewhere? Uh, no, the, the elsewhere, elsewhere is the cats. Um, the cat people. Oh, okay. It's uh, I forgot the name of them, but anyway, they're like the swamp lizard folk. Uh, oh, Oregonian. There you go. Oregonian. That's who they are. Um. Anyway, I did this quest line where a whole bunch of eggs their eggs were destroyed without them knowing it was going to happen and their eggs represent a whole new generation of young to grow up and to you know to take over the society basically a bunch of babies and i can't believe how emotionally wrapped up i got in worrying about these eggs and this this faction of these lizard folk who were trying so hard to 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 um to save them to maintain their people to, you know, all of this sort of stuff in this one little quest line. And it made me go, I think I got more out of that quest line than I did all of WoW's last story arc other than presentation because presentation, no, no complaints. Loved how Blizzard told the story, but I, I got more out of the actual story, which was also well presented in ESO, but they're really good at this story stuff. And it made me hope for better beat by beat storytelling I think they have ESO gets a bit of a pass because they are telling a more dark fantasy tale. It's it's less less cartoony and, and general audience. It's a little darker in lots of ways, and because of that, I think they can go places that Blizzard may not want to go because they kind of you know it's a little bit like running through a Disney park when you play WoW. Um, so I don't know what they what they are willing to do or capable of doing. I think they did more of this sort of stuff when Chris was around. And I think with Chris gone, they have to find that again, that find that heart. And playing that just made me wish for more of that. So if there's anything I want out of this next expansion, it's more really compelling, grab me by the heartstrings, sort of good storytelling in, in, in the progression. That's what I want. 
or something emotional. Yeah, I mean, not so much emotional, but just just good, like well told. And <laughs> you can't, <laughs> Scott. I know it's. I know you that can't that's... say what I want is something good. <laughs> I that, know. I that's know. like no, I I. I'm disagreeing with you, Scott. It's I a want subjective, something bad. It's a subjective thing anyway, what good is. So I, I totally get that. I just mean, for me, I'll just say for me here, because I know that the, the WoW story in its current form is probably working for plenty of people. I, I don't want to besmirch their experience at all. But I just, I don't know, I just hope storytelling takes a new emphasis that, that they really, mm. really latch onto that as the key tenant of of moving through that thing not that everything else doesn't matter because it absolutely does but no but i mean storytelling was super important in this one it just wasn't satisfying to many people Mm -hmm. in this expansion i mean yeah it's not like they they abandoned storytelling i think since legion uh they've been making story some of the you know the biggest part of their uh expansions ever Mm -hmm. so right i don't know that you know it, it, like I say, it's a it's a subjective, difficult request because okay. everything is different to everybody. And I, you know, I loved Endgame, and I know people who hated it. I you know love Mad Max Fury Road with a passion of a thousand suns, and I know people who do not understand what the hell's wrong with me. So I get that it's a, a subjective thing, but I do think that there's sort of a good a good place for them to reach, and 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 then even if it's just reach as far as they used to be able to reach in story that'd be okay with me it was just a little thing i noticed i've been playing eso and it it reminded me of that those guys are really good at those quests they're they're amazing all right uh excuse me uh let's see new games any expectation Hmm. for hey hi i'm tom chilton and i've been working on zip zap and it's a great new game coming to phones (laughs) near you like what do you think they're gonna do there if anything this year um I think it is not certain, but likely that we get Diablo, a WoW expansion, and something. If that something is not Overwatch 2, then maybe it's going to be another new game. Um, I would suspect they stay away from phone stuff this year. Um, But yeah, I think it's not unlikely. I don't think we're going to get Diablo 4, Overwatch 2, WoW expansion, and something else. Um, yeah, I don't think. I think it's unlikely that we're gonna get uh, Diablo Four, Overwatch Two, WoW expansion, and something else. And if that happens, you know those memes with the brains or the the faces of the everyone there is gonna go like, huh, huh, <laughs> and then <laughs> brain explosion. Um, so yeah, I, I think it, it's possible we'll get something entirely new, but not if we get Overwatch Two. Yeah, I kind of feel that way too. Like any, give this if they have big a big announcement year for Diablo and for Overwatch, it gives them some padding to push some of that other stuff. Well, out. I mean, I, again, I'm not even sure we're gonna get the Overwatch thing. If we get Diablo Four and a WoW expansion, it will already be not bad. You know, it will be okay. Let's go check out Diablo and that thing, and it's gonna be cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm super curious about that stuff regardless, but we'll see. Now, in light of all the Riot stuff that got released, we haven't even brought this up, and I don't want to talk about each one necessarily, but it did feel like Riot was like pulling out all of the, let's do a version of that thing Blizzard made a ton of money with. And I don't mean that's what they're doing overtly, but they're they're grabbing the trends that succeed. They've got a card game coming. They have a game they didn't even talk about as part of the clips stuff they ran that looks like a Diablo clone. Looked like Diablo, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really did, but they're not even talking about that. They have a competitive shooter that's more 
Counter-Strike than Overwatch, but still a very, you know, shootery looking. It's like a mid midway through both. Yeah, yeah. some kind of combo there. Um, they also have uh, mobile versions of, of their very popular League of Legends in a smaller format that seemed a lot like 15-minute uh, Heroes of the Storm matches to me, which seemed Which, by cool. the way really interesting they're going the heroes of the storm route yeah. very much so or at least that's what it seems like it appears to be yeah but they're doing it for consoles and phones yeah. on pc they're staying so i think it's actually pretty clever yeah Which but it's is- so i know that riot is targeting uh competitive stuff and all of those games are games with huge competitive potential um including a fighting game which i've been wanting blizzard to do forever they look super cool uh, but yeah, it certainly seems like, hey, Blizzard's doing something. Yeah, we're gonna do that that thing too. And I know that's not how they're thinking about it, but right. the way they're something that I really, well, I guess I applaud <laughs> with Riot is they're focusing on the core, hardcore, not even just core, hardcore gamer, yeah. and that is who they cater to, and they make no apologies for it, and that's their audience. Uh, and I'm sure they're going to do that for all of them, all, all the other games as well. They did a little Blizzard dig there. Did you hear that little dig? That little dig was funny where they said, oh, it turns out you do have phones. And it was like, oh. I, I thought it was a nod. I thought it was a friendly, you what, know. Was it? You were bitching about Blizzard and the phone thing, but you have phones and we're going to make a game for it. So quit being. It felt yeah. like a dig, but maybe I'm just so the world is all digs now. <laughs> so maybe that's all I can see but is digs. Maybe. But I mean, how how is it a dig? It's like, yeah, Blizzard was right. You have phones. I don't know. Right? I don't know. I mean, you're kind of right because then they announced phone projects. So it's not like they exactly. were it's not like they were saying, oh, you guys do have phones? Well, don't worry. We got plenty of stuff for the devices that aren't your phone. Like, you're right. They did kind of lean into it. But I, I don't know. I sensed it. It felt diggy. Mm. Uh, but here, here's, mm. the, uh, here's the other deal. They're making a fighting game, which Blizzard isn't making as far as we know. I'm sure they've experimented, but uh, uh, yeah, that's a thing. So that's weird. I'm, I'm, I love fighting games, as you know. So yeah, you're I excited about it. Yeah, you know what I'm most excited yeah. about? This is the weirdest thing. Uh, besides, uh, team, uh, team fight tactics coming to phones makes sense to me. But the thing. That oh, I know what you're excited about. Oh, tell me. You tell me. What is it? The fact that uh, Riot is entirely owned by Tencent and they <laughs> said no politics in our competition and no one's talking about it. Yeah, that is that's that... not my favorite thing. I, it annoys me to all end that. Uh, I, no, there I are, mean, there are people who actually uh, saw the Riot news and said, that's it. I'm defecting from Blizzard to Riot. They are going to make the games I care about and save Hong Kong. And I, I just wanted to remind them, guys, Blizzard has like, I don't know, a 10% stake. Or Chinese companies have ten percent. It's Activision 5%? Blizzard that has five percent. Five percent owned by Tencent. Uh, their relationship with NetEase is a, just more of a partnership, not really an ownership thing, and they have way less than we think. And they only make about twelve percent of their revenue in China right now. Riot makes a huge portion of their revenue in China. They are one hundred percent owned subsidiary of Tencent, <laughs> and they came out after the Blizzard thing and told all their streamers, "Make sure you don't bring up Hong Kong stuff." in any of the post-game matches. So this weird idea that people are like, I'm defecting to the one that I trust more. Come on, guys. I mean, I, mean, I, I get being mad be fair, at Blizzard, but... No, to, okay, I will say one thing. It is different when you actually ban someone for it. I, I wonder what will happen when Riot has to do that, and I'm sure they will if the thing happens. 
Um, but I understand that it's not the same when they actually did it. So right. Uh, and a quick correction, Jessica reminds me, it's not China, it's 12% in pretty much all the Asian markets. I apologize. I take that back. Yeah, that's a bit that's a bit different as well, because I, I dug out that number um, when things first happened, and someone pointed out that actually that's APAC, indeed 12%, but China might not be included in that, because the Chinese money is made through partnerships with other companies, and it stays in China until they can bring it back. So I'm not certain that that is 12% for APAC, including China. I don't know that it is. So that needs to be, I mean, just to be thorough. So not that I don't want to fight with the chat room, but Lodvar says, well, at least Riot is up front about it, not trying to be hypocrites. Is that what, we, is that what we're doing? <laughs> Are we going to support them because they... They were upfront about it. I don't. That doesn't make sense to me. If you are, no, if you're think, in bed with China and you're oppressing people's freedom, I don't care if you're upfront about it or not. Like f that either the, way. That's the the larger scale issue, which is China is um, someone Benedict Evans in his uh, uh, newsletter put it in a very astute way. He said, China is monetizing it. Is, sorry, China is weaponizing its market. Yeah. And it's way bigger than, than Blizzard. Oh, it's way, way bigger, bigger than gaming. It's, it's in the entire tech industry and cultural industry and all of that. But I understand also when you when people who uh, look at this and say, okay, but what I know is Blizzard. What I can influence is this corner of the gaming world. And so that's where I'm, making my well stance. and that's why so people I, are you know, and, and for people to get upset about that and go why aren't you going after apple how come you're not burning your iphone how come you're not and the, the answer to this is easy this is what human beings do they rally around the thing they can have an influence in and gamers in particular are up in arms about blizzard and i think in lots of ways rightly so uh because it's an area they can have either some impact, some perceived impact, or at the very least, there's a community where they can relate to and they can all sort of have the fight together. That's not unusual or weird. Like, that's just the way, that's human beings. That's the way we work. Like, I'm mad at Blizzard. Am I mad at Apple at the moment for taking that app out of the thing, which was their little controversy during all of this? Not really. Why? I don't know. Maybe it makes me a little hypocritical. Probably does. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, it's because the Blizzard thing I have a, I have a stronger, more personal connection to. The same thing goes for the, that NBA thing is way bigger problem with a lot more money on the line. And guess what? I don't care that much. I don't really care about the NBA. So again, welcome to the human foibles. We're not going to be perfect about any of this stuff. And, and the idea that we have to be equally pissed at everything just isn't going to work for our evolution. <laughs> it's just not going to stick. So I guess, I'll, I guess what I would say to that is you got to pick your battles you got you to gotta be focused on the stuff you want to be focused on. It's the same reason you don't have, if your mom dies, you cry for months and you're upset and you mourn. If a lady up the street you never met before dies, you go, oh, that's too bad. We could probably take some flowers, but that's it, right? Yeah. You, you do I mean, it where, yes. you're, where okay. your heart is. You do it where your sure. heart is. So boom. The, yes. Yes. Okay. I'm not going to dig into that. But. <laughs> but you don't think I'm wrong, do you? Because it's true. No, no, no. I don't, I don't think you're wrong. I think the issue here is not... It, it, the, the reason why there are things to be discussed about who does what and what company does what is that the issue isn't only with the company. It's with actual human beings being persecuted and being put in re-education camps, you know, in Western China. And, and 
that kind of thing. You know, it's real people actually literally suffering horrible fates because of what China is doing. So right. that's why I think it holds a little bit more, even though we can't fix everything in every, uh, it's essentially what I'm saying is it's a complex issue as every issue is, and there is no simple answer to complex issues. Right. Um, Anyway, I think so, it's just okay to focus. That's what I'm trying to get at. If you want to focus on the Blizzard sure. stuff, I think that's okay because that was my point. Yeah, somebody, yeah. yeah, you're making a very good point. If somebody comes up to me and says, "I can't believe you're focusing on that Blizzard thing," while meanwhile there's 50 rats in the backyard chewing up a horse, well, <laughs> uh, okay, which one? Where do you want me to focus? Like you have to focus. So you focus. You pick your thing. That's a bad example. I make bad examples, but I'm just saying there's a lot of distracting stuff that all want our help right now. <laughs> Doing the best we can. All right. You wanted to talk about Warcraft 3 Reforged. Yeah. I think think uh, Warcraft Reforged, which they have been showing um, uh, some images of like new units and stuff, redesigns. They look amazing, by the way. Amazing. Like, I want those models in WoW, and they're not. They're beautiful. Um, They can get away with a lot because they're tiny, but they look really good. Uh, And Diablo Immortal, neither thing especially Immortal, we have heard nothing about since last year. Like, zip. Uh, Immortal's case, nothing. Not a total radio silence. Not surprising, given the reaction and the reception and everything else. My belief is, Patrick, you're going to be sitting there in the opening exercises thing. You're going to... Exercises. You're going to get the opening keynote stuff. They're going to get to the end of it, and somebody's going to come out and announce, and by the way, Reforged is out today. And Diablo Immortal is on your phones as soon as you download it. Bing, bong, boom. And everyone's going to clap. And they're going to do it together so that they're not talking about Immortal all by itself. They're going to do it so they talk about Reforged and Immortal as if it's just, hey, the big whole package today. Everybody can get their game today. I think that's going to happen. Call me, tell me I'm wrong. I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Really? You I, think I'm wrong? That's essentially what I thought was going to happen until recently. And without <laughs> getting into it further, I don't believe that's what's going to happen anymore. Um, I think it might happen for Warcraft 3 that the release date is going to be relatively soon, like they will announce it. Um, Immortal, I don't think so. You don't think we're going to get Immortal? Uh, do you think we get no. anything about Immortal? Like... Anything? Uh, very little. <laughs> oh, that is that is brutal. I mean that that I mean not that I think you're wrong because you might be. I think you're probably right, but oh, think of that for a second. I so I think uh, you're right. We haven't heard a lot about Immortal for a year now. Um, what we heard was uh, Nettie's saying the game is ready. We don't know what Blizzard is waiting for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gives me hope because I believe it is Blizzard working the way they always have, which is they finish a game yeah. and they, they then they polish it for a year and then they release the beta and polish it for an extra six months or a year and then they release it. Yeah. And that's very different from how every other company in the world works, including apparently Netties who thought the game could be released. Right. Um, so that uh, that is the state of immortal now i would have thought it would be ready and they would make it into a positive for this year but now i don't think so what if they announced okay i'm gonna blow your mind here 
Mm-hmm. This isn't going to happen, okay? So I know that going in. This isn't Scott being stupid. I know this isn't going to happen. No, just just blow my mind. Go ahead. Let Make me dream, Scott. Okay. Blizzard decides that for the Western market, they're going to put Diablo Immortal as a fully non-free-to-play game with all the trappings of microtransactions or any of that. They decide this is the one project, given all of its hate, they're going to stick it on Apple Arcade, which has controller support, which has cloud support, which has keyboard support if you run it on your Mac uh, and mouse. And they they put Immortal out as a premium product on the Apple Arcade service, which has been succeeding really well lately, been both quality and quantity. And that's their one that's their one foray into that thing where, you know, Apple gets a chunk of the revenue, obviously, and it's like a weird platform for any game company like Blizzard to ever be involved in. But they do that to give to appease the Western gamers who were all pissed last year about Immortal. It's a terrible idea. It's not going to happen. Patrick, what do you think? I (laughs) believe you are correct that it is not going to happen. (laughs) I mean, it's not. No, I think they might... I think they might, in in the same way as you know what we discussed about Diablo Four and Hearthstone. I think they're gonna, they could um, work on the business model very carefully to make sure that it is not perceived as too greedy or too. Um, but I think it could very well be a season pass type thing or battle pass, which is extremely popular nowadays. Um, I, I think that could be it, and I would hope that would be the case. But uh, Apple Arcade, as much as I would think it would be fun, and I thought about it too when Apple Arcade arrived, um, I don't think. That's- yeah, you're probably right. No, no, you're not probably right. You are right. There's no, there's no way this dumb idea works. But I, <laughs> I like to think. I like to wish. I like to hope. I've been very happy with that service. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those going, well, that means exclusivity. No, it doesn't. It means mobile exclusivity. But I'm playing a game on uh, Steam that I already have on Apple Arcade. And there are multiples of those, many of those actually. Uh, what the Golf is on, launched on Apple Arcade and very quickly came out on uh, the Epic Game Store. So there's lots of lots of crossover there. Anyway, I mean their target with with Immortal is phones. Yeah, it's all about phones, include, right? Phones do include um, Android because the product for a Diablo experience on PC is Diablo 3 and very soon Diablo 4. Right. I don't think they will they care that there would be an exclusivity um Oh, with- absolutely not. Only Apple would care about that. They would they would be super stoked, but but Blizzard doesn't in this case. In fact, it would be a hindrance to Blizzard to do that. But also no, but there's my point is yeah. My point is if Apple says we will give you 15 billion dollars to put it on our platform alone, they will say, well, Android is a big opportunity for us, but they won't care that it's not going to be on PC or consoles because they already have the Diablo experience on those platforms. So yeah. they don't care about uh, uh, that aspect. Of it. Yeah, and I should, I should make a clarification to what I said earlier. There are three tiers, basically, to the Apple thing. You can be exclusive to Apple Arcade, and that's all it ever appears on. And you get the biggest cut of the money. If you do exclusive mobile, but it can be on other like PC-based and console platforms, that's a little less money, but it, it's still a, a way to do it. And there is a third tier where you can be on there and also have your stuff on Android. It's You just don't get as big of a cut of the way that that system works. So just for those who are confused about how that works. As far as I, as far as I understand it, there are three tiers that they do with developers, and that's how that breaks down. Anyway, the point is, 
uh, what ends up happening, and whenever I talk about Immortal, is all I want is a PC version of a freaking Diablo game. So that's the irony of this. Is you I'm already trying, have one. I know, but it's making me think, well, how could we turn Immortal into a PC? Like, maybe a keyboard <laughs> and mouse would solve my problem. What would solve my problem is a new Diablo game, or more three, you know? So, anyway, Diablo. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. We talked about the China thing. I think that's it. A couple of tiny, tiny Warcraft things that we're going to rip through here real quick. It's mostly just about books. Uh, if you're an artist, you're into the artist stuff, this is a good deal. This fall, you're going to get three, sorry, four possible, not possible, four books that are coming out. The Art of Hearthstone, Year of the Kraken. Okay, that's cool. This is mostly for Garrett and me, but whatever. Patrick likes art. What am I saying? He's French. Um, the Art of Diablo. So there's your Diablo art. Ah, it's more Diablo there. The Cinematic Art of World of Warcraft. And finally, oh, and that's the one that has the cinematic, um, all the cinematic stuff from concept to finish to whatever from the beginning of Blizzard's World of Warcraft uh, World of 2004 all the way up until Warlords, I believe, is where it cuts off. Uh, but it, it looks amazing, and I want to get my hands on that. And then the final one is a World of Warcraft pop-up book. Uh, where you like go to Stormwind, and when you open the book, a big Stormwind replica goes bloop and pops out of your book, made out of paper. How cool is that, Patrick? Do you want that? No. <laughs> but what about the boy? He might be into it. Sit him down, you know, son. Let I me mean, let me tell you about Duratar. Dura, uh, he's not two. He's not even two. I think we're gonna start with Mario Kart and stuff like that in a in a little while. But uh, I think that's the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. I think you're not wrong. All right. Dad, what's the weird fleshy <laughs> people doing eating other people? Wait, who are the weird well, fleshy let people? let me tell you about the Lich King uh, and the Forsaken. So. I gotcha. Yep. That's, eh, mm. Forsaken are pretty dark. I wish they'd spend more time with those guys. Not nearly enough. We got the queen. Got the Banshee queen on our hand. We don't really talk to her people that often anymore. All you ever got, you got the Lich King uh, fight, the, the gate thing, the Wrath Gate, where he goes, did you think right. we had forgotten? Uh, like did that's, you think we had forgiven? forgiven? It's not the Lich King who says that, by the way. No, it's what's his name? It's Putris or whoever it is. Putris, yeah. Yeah, up there. So they get. we need to get back to more of those dudes and their business. I Here's a conspiracy. What if the reason we've had so little undead interaction... In so many years, other than they're in the game quietly doing their thing, but we've had so little to do with the Forsaken because China has all that pressure on undead rules about cultural stuff, like no bones left over has to be gravestones, and the uh, the models can't have the bones sticking out of their arms or their feet. Hmm, maybe China's been pushing that thumbtack down for years now. Mm. Hmm. Well, not really, because they can show the undead as long, and they have in the game. It just they wouldn't show the bones, but uh, that's true. I even noticed in the cinematics with the, uh, her undead helper with the flag. And then the, the two, um, uh, rogues that went to go find thrall. They very creatively textured those, those joints so that it was kind of looked like it was bones, but they were dirty and nasty, but sort of looked like it was leather. <laughs> I just, I'm just saying China. Yeah, that's the kind of thing we can be okay with. Oh. This relates to cultural differences, right? I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's, if you've got a country that's got a, I don't care who it is, China or otherwise, where they're like, oh, yeah, we just can't do the, you know, dead people mean something special here or, or awful here or whatever. Um, 
<laughs> as opposed to other places <laughs> you know where dead mean. people means wonderful things. You know what I mean? Like, we can't do the zombie yes, look in our cultural whatever. I get that, and I don't think that's really the problem. But right, those pandas, I think that may have been a good idea because, you know, they love that panda over there in China. Hmm. Patrick, I'm starting to smell a lot of conspiracies all of a sudden. It all smells like conspiracy in here. All right, let's do this for funsies. Uh, the world around Blizzard that isn't the controversial China stuff or BlizzCon. Overwatch is having a Halloween event. Looks all right. Lots of cool skins. The normal thing, right, though? It's, oh, there's a new, but the yeah. PvE's new, right? A new uh, a new attack the Junkrat deal. Well, I mean, you can select more characters than you could before so you're not stuck with just the four yeah uh but no really it's very very minor the the skins are all pretty cool and the emotes like they they really have one of those where it feels it's not there's nothing that's filler yeah um so that's pretty cool but it's still you know same old overwatch right so right uh some of the chat says there's a uh, there's a World of Warcraft children's book already. LOL. There was a children's book yeah. years ago. It's the one Metzen wrote about the snowball fight with uh, mm-hmm. the Lich King. Uh, Sylvanas is in that. Thrall's in it. It's got a cute Chibli-looking kind of art style from one of the Blizzard artists. It's I have one over here somewhere. It's nice. Signed by the Metz himself, who just got over. By the way, shout out to Chris Metzen if you're hearing this. Shout out. He just got over. The whole family just got over the worst stomach flu, and I just want to just. Peace sign, Chris Metzen. Because there's nothing worse than a nasty... I don't care who you are. You could be freaking the lord of the planet. Stomach flu will bring you low, son. It's a good job. Uh, Is it not Chibli? It's Chibi. (laughs) Ghibli. 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 (laughs) I mean, no, it depends. Wait, did you mean Ghibli the studio or Chibi the art style chibi, where you make the characters? Chibi the art style, yes. The more head, big okay, headed. So chibi. Yeah, yeah, Chibi is what I meant to say. <laughs> and Jedi's right. Diarrhea is the great equalizer. All right, moving on. Uh, Heroes of the Storm. There are definitely signs that Deathwing is coming, I think, in the form of an event. And it will probably be announced or happen at BlizzCon. Uh, I think that's going to be their big deal with Heroes of the Storm, which, you know, that game has been sort of sidelined a bit, so this is a nice thing for them to do. The reason we know this or think this is in the game right now, you can be getting ready for a match, and suddenly lights go really dim in the world. Uh, there's huge rumbling. It, it's very much like the early, um, uh, the stuff that they did right before Cataclysm launched. It's almost exactly the same, so I think that's what's going on. But I don't think it's a character. I don't think that's, they're not going to do that again with a big, dragon walking around the lanes i think it'll be some sort of event and in that event there'll be a lot of neat new stuff including skins and mounts and all that oh and also you can get circles epine circles patrick so if you want the world to know how awesome you are and how high your level is you can get a new little hitbox circle underneath your feet right now they're just all standard with an arrow that sort of points in the direction you're going but now they can be all intricate so the higher level you are they got lots of curvy little lines and fancy little Ooh. ringlets so you mean rank like uh competitive rank Pe- competitive rank i don't know if it's level or competitive rank i'm not sure that's a good oh. good question but i bet it's level if, if it's just if it's just a uh, level it's the opposite of EP. It's like the, <laughs> the time you've spent. I mean, it's not necessarily the opposite, but it's just time, not skill. Yeah, right? it's time, not skill. You're right. I have no idea. I think it might be level. If it is, that 
I don't know how they're going to break it down, but they've they've shown a little bit of it, and it seems all right. Was oh, it mastery of the character? So it's a per character thing. Oh, okay. I got that part wrong in my head. They it's oh, and that so makes it's kind more of sense. like the master skin or something like that. Sure, sure. It used to the way you used to do it was with an emote, and the emote would have like a kept having higher tier looking animations above your head mm. of a, like a little symbol, and this is gonna sort of be that but ever present so you'll look at a guy's circle and go man that tychus is a real bastard uh diablo 3 nothing really going on although i keep hearing the new the current season is really fun and i don't know why i think the buffs are just interesting uh but that's something i haven't checked out in a bit and then starcraft nothing nothing in starcraft zero zip nada not a word like well i mean other than the game exists and people play it so that's cool <laughs> yes the news <laughs> For StarCraft in the StarCraft universe. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Exclusive information on the instance. Yep. The game exists. Yep. People play it. Some people play it. All right, we have a quick town crier here. I'm going to rip right through this one. Uh, I'm not even going to play the music. The instance at gmail.com is the email address. Voldair wrote this, and he actually put it uh, a while back on our Discord, which I'm going to recommend people go check out at theinstance.net. Join our Discord. It's free and open and available. You don't need a password. Just get in. There's a link at the site. And uh, be a part of the community over there. It's part of the Frog Pants group, but you'll find a whole channel just for the instance. Anyway, he says this, with 8.2.5 out now, and us seeing what I would perceive as some of the building blocks of 9.0 being seeded, is there going to be a faction shakeup incoming? At first, I thought about maybe the Alliance and Horde would merge as it would end the cycle of staring off, uh, starting off expansions, divided, and then always having to come back together to defeat the big bad. It's a trope that has been done uh, to the game for 15 years. I think a shakeup is needed to give the game a fresh feel, but a single faction removes a core part of the gameplay as well. There has to be a way to balance those changes. Without going into tons of detail, this is how I think it could play out. He has three easy steps here. We go to three factions instead of two and give them all, give all the players a choice. Faction one, the combined alliance and horde. Faction two, Sylvanas, Sylvanas loyalists. It could just be the undead or the, or the forsaken. Uh, and three, Taronda's followers. Uh, I'd love to go into more detail if you guys are interested, but I'm intrigued to see how this all goes. But I don't think we'll get any additional answers until 8.3 or even BlizzCon. Well, 8.3 as announced does not really address this at all. So that's not where we learned about it. Um, maybe BlizzCon we will, and maybe a new expansion we will. But Patrick, the other the other hints about a possible shakeup are, you know, the big fat horde or alliance symbol that is now this neon glowing thing next to your character name and the character selection screen. That wasn't, that's new and makes no sense to me why that's there. I know that my horde standing there or my, my uh, orc is a horde dude. I don't need to be told that. So it's weird to me. So it must be for something else or perhaps seeding something else. Do you have a take on that? Um, I mean, not just the, the horde Alliance symbol on the character selection screen, but I understand the desire for a third faction in the community, and I see how it would be interesting from a storytelling point of view. I'm just not sure how it would benefit, how it would work in the game and how it would benefit the game. How right. does it affect it? Um, it makes PvP very problematic. Yeah. That's one thing. Big mess. Um, although I guess you could just go against one faction or another and... That that works fine, yeah. Um, especially if they expand the uh, mercenary type system, and you can go with you know any faction. But I don't know what it brings to the game. Um, how it again? Story, I get it. How does it help your day to day 
gaming experience. I don't know. What if you became, what if every class was its own faction? Now hear me out on this. Let's what? say everybody, everybody got pissed and said, we're the mages. So don't mess with the mage murlocs or whatever we call ourselves. And now we're the, now we're a, we're, now we're a faction and now there's a hunter faction and there's a, there's a, a priest faction and everybody's got their own faction going on. How would that go? That'd be bad, wouldn't it? That's not a good idea. <laughs> of all the ideas you've ever had on this show, of which there have been many weird ones, this one is very difficult to understand. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I do like the idea. Legion was fun because Legion gave you a lot of class pride because you were doing so much stuff within your class and the game was so yeah. built around it that I, I really liked that. Um, so, you know, more of that. More, more class pride. I, I think that's a fun thing in the game. I don't feel any of that in this current expansion. Like none of it. Whereas, I mean, yeah, Legion, I Legion just forced you down fun. a path. You had to do it. It was, but it was a fun path. It was like I've got my own place to go. It was like housing, kind of. Except we all live there. But you know, you go to your mage tower or your mage um, home thing, or the hunting lodge or wherever you were at. Those are my two mains in that expansion. That's why I brought those up. But you know, you have whatever you got, and then. They were all unique and totally different, had their own quest line. And then the weapon thing was just everything pushed you into that 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 class diversity thing. And that was such a cool thing. I'm a little surprised they didn't just keep leaning into that because it was such a neat way of going with the game. Because this current the current setup is just like, oh well, all right, I was a I was a really cool hunter last expansion. This this one I'm just sort of I'm just sort of shooting dudes, you know? So anyway. That's my thinking there. Thanks for your email, uh, or not your email, your Discord post. You can do emails as well, the instance at gmail.com, or you can join the Discord, send us messages that way, or you can leave us voicemails, 801-471-0462. I think that's going to do it. Patrick, you mentioned the Pixels and your French tech show and a bunch of other stuff. Why don't you tell the fine people listening where they can get more of that fine content? Absolutely. If you want more gaming news, you can go to Pixels on your podcast app. Just search for Pixels, subscribe, and be happy. That's all the steps there is to it. And in the end, as I said, you will be happy. So why not do it? Uh, it's another thing not doing it, which I would not understand, just like Scott's <laughs> weird feelings. Um, Patrick on Twitter, you can do that too. Yeah, not Patrick's a great follow on Twitter, guys. Go find him there. He is truly, he is Patrick. He's just not Patrick on online. Well, am I? Yeah, it's a bad idea. Anyway, go yeah. do that. Uh, for the rest of y'all, if you're uh, looking for the website, it's easy, theinstance.net. Again, you can find the Discord there. You can find all our stuff, including our Twitter accounts. Not Patrick, Garrett Art. I'm at Scott Johnson. The show is at Instance Show. And more fine shows like this at frogpants.com. That's going to do it for us. Until next time, we'll see you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. And then she comes in and says, Beep, 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 beep.